0: Hello and welcome. My name is Karen McGill. You are listening to The Fit Habit, and this is episode number 10. Today, I wanna to talk about focus and balance. And this came to me this morning as I was doing my second workout of the day. And that doesn't happen very often, let me tell you. I am bragging a little bit, but there's a point to this. So I'm doing my second workout of the day. I had woken up early this morning, went for a fasted run, and then I was doing weights this afternoon. And the reason I was inspired to do a 2 a Like I said, I don't do this very often is that I'm running an online fitness group right now. And one of the members of this group, she is a runner by nature. That's what she does. But in this group, we're working on a particular weightlifting program. So she's doubling up her workouts. And I have to say that I've been so inspired by her dedication that it's really helped me to up my game. And typically, it's supposed to be the other way around. I'm supposed to be inspiring my attendees. But in this case, she has really, really pushed me out of my own comfort zone, if you will. And that's been a very powerful thing. And it reminds me, again, of how powerful accountability and inspiration and being connected to people that are on a similar path to yourself and you're all moving in the same direction and working towards the same goal and how powerful that can be. Because if you're all by your lonio and working on a goal by yourself, it can be somewhat defeating when things get difficult. So this morning was the exact opposite. I had a really good experience with my run, then came home, had a breakfast, recovered a little bit, and then went for round two. And as I was thinking through round two, I was thinking about the whole idea of pushing yourself, the whole idea of a fit, and healthy lifestyle. And is let's say things like two days is that too much? Is that out of a healthy balance of a healthy life that does encompass fitness and healthy living but encompasses, you know, a bunch of other things like relationships and other interests and just being able to relax and chill and be happy with who you are. So, I think that there can often be a misconception, especially in social media when you're following other people that are quite dedicated to their health and fitness and talk about it a lot in social media that you might think that they are focused on that to the detriment of anything else in their life. And maybe in some cases that's true. I can't speak for anybody but myself, but I will say in terms of my own life, I feel like I've found a good place. And I've spoken about this before, how fitness, like anything else, can get out of hand. But I feel like I've hit a good spot. And sometimes I fall out of that spot and I'm going to unpack that for you, meaning that very often, and I had this moment when I was in my second workout today, I wasn't feeling quite as inspired as I was when I started, and I was thinking to myself, what am I doing? Is this crazy? Is it crazy for me to do a second workout today? Because is that sustainable? Is that something I would do on a regular basis? Am I nuts right now? Am I overdoing it? Am I going to feel like I can't even move tomorrow because I push myself this far? And I feel like those thoughts were coming from a place of fear, a place of, I'm not comfortable right now because I'm doing more than what I typically do. I'm pushing myself a little bit further, and this doesn't feel good to me in the moment. And then, you know, when I finished the workout, it was only a 30-minute workout. It was a 21-day fixed workout, you know, so it had a very intentional beginning and end. And when it ended, I thought to myself, I looked back at that moment where I was having those thoughts thinking, okay, in the moment, I think I was feeling a little overwhelmed and like I'd pushed myself too far. But now at the end of that workout, looking back, I can put in perspective and realize that, yeah, I wouldn't always do two-a-days. My husband does them sometimes. I did them when I was training for a competition. So they're not a horrible thing, but I don't think it's something that's very sustainable. And this gal that's in my group, I'm sure she won't continue doing two-a-days after our focus group is done. But I think that balancing that with you know, once in a while pushing yourself out of your comfort zone is a really good thing because you don't grow while you're in a place of habit and routine. Habit and routine is great for maintenance as long as your habit and routines are good and are serving you. But if you want to move to the next level, if you want to grow a little bit further, you really do have to push yourself out of your comfort zone. And that is when you're going to have those moments of self-talk saying to yourself, what the heck am I doing? And you just have to trust that you're not gonna continuously feel those thoughts. You're gonna feel those thoughts because you're uncomfortable or you're afraid, and those will eventually go away, those fears, because all fears and all feelings pass. They're momentary experiences, and as long as they don't drive your decision-making There's nothing wrong with them. They can absolutely be there. They're actually there to protect you. So coming back to the whole idea of balance and focus, I do consider myself to be a pretty focused person. You know, I practice a very sort of 80-20 lifestyle where 80% of it is very fit, oriented. I pick healthy foods to eat. I get great sleep. I take good care of myself. I have great relationships and I work out almost daily. So to me, that's my 80%. And that's a very good foundational structure for me. And it gives me, or should I say it affords me, the ability to spend 20% of the time doing things that are indulgent but that I love. So, for example, right now I'm coaching this group, and the whole premise of it is to really focus on having as few cheat days or cheat meals or cheat choices as possible. And if you're going to have them, be conscious of them. That's sort of my MO, as opposed to you have to be 100% perfect because you never will be. And if you reach for that, you're going to fail and you're going to be discouraged. But if you say to yourself, Instead, I'm going to make conscious choices about when I'm going to enjoy those indulgences. It is such a powerful thing. So for example, last night I went over to my girlfriend's house with a bottle of wine and we sat down in her backyard and had cheese and crackers and wine and caught up and it was absolutely lovely. And was the wine and cheese and crackers on plan? Well, the cheese was because you know I'm a girl who loves her fats. But the crackers and the wine were certainly not. And I have no regrets whatsoever. I had a lovely time. And for me, that's balance. I give myself this 80% foundation of a really healthy, structured lifestyle so that I can have that 20% of sitting down with a glass of wine and a friend or my husband and enjoying, like, you know, the Real Housewives of New York or a good gossip session or getting my nails done, of course that's more of a neutral thing. But something that is indulgent and is not necessarily supportive to a healthy lifestyle is not necessarily a bad thing as long as it's kept in context. It doesn't become habit. And you enjoy it. So you know what I'm not doing when I'm sipping rosé on a summer night with a friend? I'm not on my phone, you know, scrolling Facebook. I'm not mindlessly watching TV by myself. I'm not in a place where I'm zoning out. I'm in a place where I'm incredibly present and enjoying that chilled rosé and enjoying that Manchego cheese and enjoying the conversation that we're having. You see what I mean? So I have a girlfriend. One day, her and I were going to a conference together. And at the beginning of the conference, like outside of it, as people were going in, they were giving out free Jamba juices. And she grabbed one. And I said, no. And she said, oh, aren't you going to take one? And I said, are you kidding me? These things are full of sugar. And she said, you know, you can't live like that. Because if you make every choice against that sort of a a metric, you're just going to drive yourself crazy. And I completely disagreed with her and explained it to her. Not that she necessarily believed me, but... To me, in that moment, having a Jamba Juice in front of this conference center was not going to serve me. It's not my rosé and manchego cheese on the back patio on a summer night with a friend. You see what I mean? So you pick and choose those indulgences carefully. I hate Jamba Juice to begin with. And second of all, the stuff is full of sugar. If you think you're making a healthy choice with Jamba Juice, you need to look at the nutritional information that comes on one of those ginormous jug things the of your head. I have no patience for brands or companies like that But maybe that is your 20% indulgence. So I'm not going to judge it as you're entitled to your own judgments and your own indulgences. But what I will say is that that is your 20%. That is the treat that you're choosing in the moment. And as long as it's not an everyday thing, maybe you're going to Jamba Juice with your son because your son loves Jamba Juice. I don't know. And if that's the way you want to spend your 20%, rock on with your bad self. The idea is that you are conscious about this being a treat and it's not an everyday occurrence. And, you know, as soon as it's done, I'm going to go back to my 80% of foundational, structured, healthy lifestyle. And I will tell you, you will never again have a weight problem if you approach life with that sort of mindset. So you still have to have a life, you still have to have relationships, you still have to go to family events and barbecues and things like that. You should never avoid a social function because there's going to be food at it. I've done that in the past and it was dumb and life is too short to avoid the people around you because you wanna weigh 5% less, absolutely. However, if in your daily life you can keep things automated to a point where you don't need to worry about food and calories on a moment to moment basis, then you can have those 20% indulgences and it's not a big deal. And you know, in terms of pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, I think every once in a while it's going to be fine. Today, I feel really good about having done a two-a-day workout. I'm probably going to be hurting tomorrow, but I'm going to feel really good about those that hurt because it's a good hurt. So one more thing that I want to say about this before I move on to some tips on balancing your lifestyle. I think the one thing that's really important is that you realize that all of what I'm talking about, this progress in this journey, is something that never ends. I think this is a really important point, especially when it comes to health and fitness, because I think a lot of people approach health and fitness with a timeline and a deadline date and a very hard and fast goal and say, I wanna lose 20 pounds by next month, which is my 20-year high school reunion, and I'm gonna do everything in my power. I'm gonna white knuckle this experience until my reunion. I'm gonna go there looking awesome. First of all, it's a rarity that you actually end up with the expectations that you're hoping for when it comes to very tight deadlines on exercise and fitness. So in my focus groups, I do have people create goals, the onset, but I do talk to them about creating realistic goals because I don't think you're going to lose, you know, a 30 pounds in 20 days or anything like that, nor would I ever endorse any sort of activity that would bring those kind of results. But the other thing is that even if you did lose the kind of weight that you wanted to prior to your high school reunion. Let's say, you know, you signed up for a weight loss program in May, and then by June, you dropped the 30 pounds. Let's just say that happened in real life. Then you go to your event. You look fabulous. Everybody can't believe how thin you are. And then what happens the day after? You don't lose those 30 pounds once and then it's done. I mean, not ever did somebody say, yeah, I used to be 30 pounds overweight. So I went on this diet and I lost the 30 pounds and then I put the diet away in a little cupboard and I've been fine ever since. Nobody says that. I know that you know this, but I also feel like I have to say it again. Everything is a journey. And even if you have dates, like milestone dates where you want to hit at certain points, That's great, but don't assume the game ends there. It never, ever ends. So this is the other piece of focus that I think is so important. I think it's great to be focused on short-term health and fitness goals, just like it's great to be focused on any short-term goal, career, financial, spiritual, whatever else have you. But that always needs to be fit into the larger context of your longer-term goals, of your whole life. And health and fitness should be at the top It should be number one or two of your overall life goals in general. And you can have these small intermittent goals within, but never, ever think that the journey is over. And that is why it's so critical to maintain focus, because it never stops. And certainly things come up and, you know, we get sidetracked and we get pulled back and crap happens, right? It just absolutely happens and we fall off track, but you always get back on track. You can't look at a weight loss goal or a fitness goal or any goal and think, if I don't achieve it in this certain timeline, then I failed and I'm going to give up. Because what happens if you give up? Are you just going to stop trying? You're going to stop taking care of yourself? Or are you going to say, okay, this didn't work, but I'm going to try something else now. Or this didn't work, but I'm not going to give up. Because you can't. What's the alternative to giving up? Letting go. Letting go of yourself. Letting go of any sort of healthy life and self-respect and all the enjoyment that comes with it. When you think about it, I know we can talk aesthetics all day long, you know, lose 30 pounds in 20 days and look fantastic, but that's only what other people are going to see. The other piece of it is what you're going to feel inside. More energy, more confidence, standing taller, feeling good about yourself, knowing that you accomplished something, feeling good about yourself, knowing that you put yourself first, and then you're better able to take care of other people around you. So again, you can't give up on a fitness goal because you didn't lose X amount of weight and X amount of days because you're giving up on so much more. And I would never, ever, ever want to see anybody do that. So long-term focus, short-term focus, two very different things, but two very important things. And let me tell you, I have fallen off the fitness wagon several times. I have gotten to those points like I did during my second workout today where I'm saying to myself, what are you doing, Karen? You're like in your mid-40s. Get over it. Really? Why are you working this hard? For what? What happens when you're 50, when you're 60, when you're 70? Is anybody else going to care that you're this fit? Are you going to be talking to yourself on this microphone for the rest of your life because nobody really cares what a 50-something or 60-something-year-old has to say? These are the thoughts that go through my mind in those moments where I just want to give up. But you know what? I put those thoughts in context. I understand that that's the part of myself that really just wants to put down the weights or stop running or eat a big bag of ketchup chips because God knows I love my ketchup chips. But I will never, ever, ever give in to that entirely. It may beat me in the moment, I may stop, but I'll never give up on entirely because I've got long-term focus, even if sometimes my short-term focus falls to the wayside. So I hope that made sense. I hope I'm coming full circle with some tips at this point on how to maintain focus and balance for yourself. So number one, find things you like to do. Okay, this is a big part of it. So your long-term focus is to live a healthy and fit lifestyle from where you are now, however old you are now, to the day you leave this earth. You want to live a healthy life for yourself, for the quality of your life, and for the quality of life of the people around you. That's your your big picture, long-term goal. Your short-term goal might be to lose 10 pounds. You need to find a way that you can lose those 10 pounds. If you can hear some grunting in the background, that's my pug snoring. She's kind of in all of my podcasts at this point. You've got to find a way to make that short-term journey as pleasurable as possible, which brings me to my next point, of asking yourself, how can I make this experience more enjoyable or more fun? So I'll give you a key example here. I used to hate meal prep. I used to not do it. But then I realized how important meal prep was. If you're not completely prepared for the week ahead, life is gonna get in the way and you're gonna end up with a cheeseburger in your face. So I learned this the hard way and realized, okay, I need to learn how to food prep and I need to learn how to make it enjoyable. Now, I love food prep. Every Sunday afternoon, you will find me in my kitchen, rock it out to either my favorite songs, but more likely a set of podcasts. And I actually will save certain podcasts and not listen to them during the week because those are like my Sunday meal prep podcasts. And I enjoy that time to myself so, so, so much now. To me, it's soothing, it's my me time, and it also gives me this really good feeling of accomplishment that yes, I'm taking care of myself, I'm doing all the right things, I'm setting myself up for a good week, and you know what, it really works. So that's my point about asking yourself how you can make things more fun. Also find people to do stuff with, and it doesn't necessarily have to be in person. I don't like working out with other people because I don't like having to feel like I need to make conversation when I'm uncomfortable because I'm working out. So I prefer to do it by myself. And I like to, if I'm going for a run, I wanna to listen to a podcast or an audiobook or music that propels me forward. If I'm at home, I'm doing something on Beachbody On Demand and I'm just trying to get it done and you know move on with my day. So I like to do my workouts by myself. But I also like to connect with other people once that's done. So that's one of the great things about these online groups is that you do your workout on your own, you manage your own nutrition, but you're checking in. There's a community on your phone That is waiting for you to say, Yes, I did this today. I did X, Y, and Z today. And also, your phone will give you these notifications to check in, even if you haven't. So, that part is really cool the technology slash community. And I like the fact that I connect with communities online, small communities that I'm not cog in a wheel or, or, you know, a small one, small person in a gigantic 30,000 person community. But these are small communities of six to eight people. So, you're missed if you're not there. So, again, but maybe that's just me. Maybe you are the type of person that likes to work out with other people, or maybe you just want to go for long walks with your friends or your husband and your dog, whatever floats your boat. I prefer to do what I need to do and then connect with other people afterwards. Maybe you need to connect with other people while you're doing what you're doing. Find what works for you and go with it. Also find people that inspire you. A big part of what pushed me forward today was, like I said, the gal in my group that has been doing two a days, and I figured her and I are the same age. So if she can do it, I can do it, and I am a little competitive that way. The other person who really inspires me is my coach. She and I are around the same age, and she just looks amazing. This is a woman who dedicates time to herself, her health, and her fitness, and it shows. And not in a vain way, and not in a look at me sort of way, but in a very sort of quiet confidence way, which I just think is absolutely beautiful. So she inspires me every day. Never expect perfection. I've talked about this earlier. If you're expecting to be 100% perfect on a diet or to be 100% perfect with a workout, it's never going to work. So don't even start with that. Start with I'm going to do the best I can. I'm not going to quit, but I'm going to take breaks or I'm going to allow myself cheats here and there. I don't even really like the word cheat because it implies something bad, but you do need to have that 80 20 philosophy around the way you approach health and fitness. Have a vision for your short and long-term. And not even so much your short-term, but your long-term. So this afternoon, or when I was doing my second workout and I told you I was having those, those feelings of why am I doing this? What the heck is this for? What stopped those emotions and those feelings was this vision I have of myself 10 years from now when I'm in my 50s and I am looking amazing. I'm looking fit and I'm feeling fit and I'm healthy and I'm strong. And Other people are looking at me going, if that's what 50 can look like, sign me up. That is part of my vision. And that is something that propels me forward. And there are a few women that I follow who are in their 50s and they look freaking amazing. And the fact that they can pull it off means I can pull it off too. So sometimes you just need to look to somebody who's two steps ahead of you and know that if they can do it, you can do it too. You just need to prioritize. The next tip I have is really sort of a three in one, but Don't continue doing what doesn't work. This is sort of, I'm going to pack this. It's a bit of a bigger theory, but very often we will go on with certain approaches to nutrition and diet and exercise, even though they're not necessarily bringing us the results we want. Like, let's take, for example, somebody who's training for half marathons and it's like, oh, I've got a half marathon a quarter, that'll keep me on track for the year. And I think if I'm running, you know, 20, 30 miles a week, I should lose, you know, these last 15 pounds and be good. And, you know, this is their goal in January. And by August, you know, they haven't budged a pound and their knees are hurting and they're feeling very defeated because they haven't gotten where they want to go. Well, I would have checked in a lot sooner than August to look at what's wrong with this picture. So if I were her coach, I would have said, "Okay, let's look at that as a goal for the year and let's check in once a month and see if we're making progress. So it's hard to look at progress on a day-to-day basis or an hour-to-hour basis, but you can certainly look at a month-to-month basis or a quarter-to-quarter basis and see if things are working or not. So if after a month, two months, three months, things are not, the needle's not moving in the right direction, it's time to course correct. And that's when it is good to have a coach to kind of look at what you're doing from an objective perspective and consider making tweaks. So in the case of said person that's doing half marathon a quarter, I would look at the amount of activity that she's doing, the kind of activity she's doing, the stress in her life, and whether or not this is just increasing her cortisol levels, ergo her gaining fat or holding on to body fat. And then of course, a big piece of that is her nutrition and how much she's sleeping and recovering So I would look at her nutrition and see, if oh, is she doing goos? Is she doing a lot of Gatorade? Is she doing a lot of these power drinks, which are just jammed with sugar, which is spiking insulin and maintaining a high level of body fat? I would look at tweaking her diet looking at the amount of carbohydrates she's bringing in. Look at the amount of sleep that she's having. If she's only sleeping five hours a night, then there's a big piece of that, which is hindering fat loss because your body needs eight hours to recover from intense workouts and to recover from stress, and to manage cortisol levels. So there's a lot of various levers that I would look at in the first quarter. I wouldn't wait till August and be, you know, devastated that I've already done three half marathons, I'm running my butt off, and nothing's changing. So, you know, course correct when you need to. And coming back to this idea of short-term milestone goals, it's fine to have them as long as they're reasonable. And don't use those as a measure of I've won or lost or I've made it or I didn't make it, but use those as markers in the sand where, okay, I'm starting January 1, and by January 31st, if I have not seen the needle move, then I reevaluate my plan. I stick to my plan as much as I can, but if by 30, 60 days, I'm not seeing progress, then it's time to look at what I'm doing and try something different. So, you know, there's definitely a balance between not trying to change things every day because you have no patience to carry through a program, but there's also a value at looking at what you're doing and not going a full year without any progress and wondering what the heck's going on. So, definitely have a short-term milestone dates of no shorter than a month and no longer than like a quarter to, you know, use as a barometer of success. And if you are not seeing success, then consider examining your nutrition, your sleep, your exercise, and the amount of stress that you're managing in your life, and looking at any one of those. And make changes. Don't just say, yeah, it's probably that, you know, Snickers bar I'm having every day at 4 o'clock. Well, if it is, then you need to make a change. So, you know, you can evaluate all day long, but if you're not implementing change, then you're not going to see something different. So, you know, the quote that says the definition of insanity is to keep doing the same thing and expect different results. Well, you're not insane. So try something new and be an N equals one. Be an experimenter of yourself. Look at what works for you. So I know that if you've been listening to me for any amount of time, you know that, I'm a big fan of lower carb protocols for women, especially over the age of 35. I think that staying away from grains and anything that has sugar in it, or at least not naturally occurring sugar, is going to help you a lot in your fat loss diet. I think carbohydrates in general don't serve women unless they're vegetable-based carbohydrates like non-starchy veggies but I don't know, maybe you're different. 25% of the population can eat like almost 90% carbs and look super fantastic. I know somebody who does this and you've got to find that out for you. I can share with you my point of view, but, and anybody else can share their point of view, but really the results show up when you apply what works for you and it works well. So constantly try to experiment find out what works for you. And let me tell you, if you're constantly hungry or you're constantly crabby or you're constantly feeling like a square peg being pushed into a round hole, then you're not, even if it does bring you results, then it's not worth it because it's not sustainable and it's not going to bring you the joy that you deserve to have in your life. And at the end of the day, being fit and healthy is all about having a joyful life. So on that note, I'm going to wrap up. I hope that I have given you some food for thought around balance and focus and the value of that in your life over the short term and the long term. And yes, you're going to have moments where you're like, what the hell am I doing? This hurts. I'm tired. I want to sit down on the couch and watch an episode of Real Housewives. But think about that for a minute. And remember that if you're not working out, what are you doing instead? Is it at the detriment of time spent with your family then yeah, maybe you want to consider not working out as much. But if it's to the detriment of time spent on the couch watching a cheesy reality show, then consider your ROI there. Anyway, that's all I have for today. So if you want to connect with me, head over to my website at www.thefithabit.com and connect with me there. And if you're interested in working with me on one of my online groups, Feel free to check out on the menu on the top of the website. You'll see online training or work with me, sorry. Uh, There's a variety of different ways that you can work with me and connect with me on social media and let me know what you think. I would love to know if you agree with what I've said or if it's been helpful at all. Oh, and if it has, please do feel free to give me a five-star review on iTunes. It would be really appreciated. And I will talk to you soon. Over and out for now. Bye.